Welcome back to Judging Book Covers, your bi-weekly book club podcast where we're going through our 2019 challenge list. I'm Stephanie Cortez, and as always, I'm joined by my awesome co-host, Megan Griffin. Megan, how are you doing tonight? I'm okay. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Spoiled by the 70 degree weather that we had last week <laughs> and angry about the normal summer temperatures it's been this week. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am curious at these storms that uh, you are currently experiencing that yes. I might be experiencing in the next hour Ugh. will affect us. Yeah. Yeah. But also, been, uh, they're so pretty. Yeah. No, that I'm sick of. Yeah. I'm sick of that. I also mistakenly started watching Catching Fire <laughs> ah. while making dinner. And then I was like, I have to stop crying because I don't want to just like start <laughs> recording and be like puffy. So oh, I have sorry a lot to talk about tonight. I have some feelings. <laughs> but before we get into that, <laughs> last time, not for the podcast, you said you're going to finish Slay and then read the first Game of Thrones book. Were you able to read those? What'd you think? I- I did, actually. I I did both. Um, I think Slay is one of those that everybody should read. It is a little slow to get into at first, but I I think like I hit page 125 or something and was like, yeah, I'll go to the gym and just walk and read and they'll be fine. I'll just get on the treadmill. And then I was like, yeah, I'm just I'm not going to do whatever I had planned. And I'm just going to lay down and read. And I ended up finishing the book. Oh, no, I was recording for uh, Minds at Yerk. And I was like, um, you guys just talk. I just got like five pages left. Like, let me be. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, good. It was so good. And uh, Game of Thrones, which I do not did not watch the show. Uh, I actually really enjoyed It's kind of making me laugh because I know mm-hmm. that there's a lot of like death. And heartbreak to come and i'm just like oh so much of this was just like a mistake mm-hmm. that's amazing <laughs> yeah i have not read the books but from the show yeah <laughs> yeah i did try not to get attached season. yeah good luck <laughs> yeah i do like i mean because i watched the finale i can i know most people die <laughs> but like uh no yeah. <laughs> uh, I did watch the first season just to kind of get an idea. And what I'm finding funny is like, I enjoyed it, but it's also like, I'm not jumping to watch season two. So mm. the way that I feel about the show is about in line <laughs> with how I felt with it before. But I did really enjoy the book and I do have the second one on oh, hold. Cool. Yeah. So. What does season one end with? Season one ends with uh, um, Ned Stark dying. Oh, that was the finale. Okay. For yes. some reason, I was questioning if that was the finale or if that happened sort of towards the end okay it might have been the second to last episode oh, okay okay and they all bleed together all yeah because that next thing i knew i was like oh no it ends with danny and the dragons like i think that's the last scene oh yeah yeah okay which is also how it, the book kind of ends but they're breastfeeding mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I'm very glad you guys changed that. Thank you. I appreciate that because, like, that yeah. just sounds painful. That sounds, yeah. That no. <laughs> yeah. But I was shocked because, like, I knew that there were dragons, obviously, mm-hmm. because I knew dragons were a big part of the series. And because I watched the finale and it has a couple of dragons. Not much of anything, <laughs> but there's this great scene with dragon wings. Um that I really enjoyed cinematically um, really was surprised to find out that like, they're actually a big rarity and uh, not in the book or not in the first book, like at all. Mm. Okay. So yeah, that was really cool. Nice. Um, yeah, I feel it, like 
I keep saying I'm going to read those books, and it's just I keep adding things to my list, and <laughs> things is, keep. It was 800 and something pages. Like, oh my god! I did the audio book, which was <laughs> oh. a smart decision. Yeah, and um, thankfully, not everybody's name the same. She's <laughs> 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 easier to follow in that case. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but what about you? You were going to start your Toni Morrison reads. Yes, I read Love by Toni Morrison, and it was great. I because she's wonderful yeah was is was is <laughs> is <sighs> it's so hard um that one is one that's been sitting on the shelf <laughs> I, for i don't know how long and you helped me pick by picking them num- you know numbers one right. through two or one through three um it was interesting like from the back of the book this guy the guy's name is bill cozy and the first time i read it i read it as cosby and i was like wait what the fuck oh shit <laughs> but it's cozy okay <laughs> but i kept doing that um he's passed away um but the women in his life arguing over the house and this inn that they used to run it's his wife and then someone who i thought was his daughter but is actually his granddaughter and then some other person who comes in and just the way she weaves this story and you eventually find out who all of these people actually are to each other it's insane it's just like i wish i would love to know like how she planned these things out yeah. Like, figure out what the backstory is first and then figure out where to sprinkle it in. Because, like, really, you get, like, the major really, like, towards the end to figure out the wife and the granddaughter's, like, okay. past, which is... <laughs> it's yeah, <good>. it's been <laughs> really cool to... I need to start my own, um, but it's been really cool to see how many people have, like, picked up a book, like, on the subway mm-hmm. or on Facebook. I did see one guy that was like, if you... Don't read Toni Morrison unless you have to. If you're going, if, you know, read William Faulkner. I was, one, it was not, it was a friend of a friend. So I was like, you know what? I am not going to be that person that just lashes out at someone I don't know. But also, fuck you, dude, if you ever listen yeah. to this. Like, yeah. But it was you interesting. Just an unnecessary human being. <laughs> yeah. Like, to hear, because a bunch of book podcasts have obviously talked about it. And, like, hearing their relationship with her and hearing that not everybody has the best, like, it, a couple... Some hosts were talking about how they have more of a, not necessarily a bad relationship, just a weird relationship with her and like are, I don't want to say looking forward to, but are planning on doing, you know, they read this as a teenager and now this Mm -hmm. is kind of the time for everybody to figure out where they sit with Toni Morrison's literature. And, uh, but it was interesting because you picked at random and they were very much, very adamant about how you should start at the beginning, like start with her oldest book and work your way Hmm. forward. So. um, Interesting. Yeah. I went with, I picked the, I have four because I think I have, mm, I cannot find her on my shelf, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I have the bluest eye, but I've read that. I read that in high school. Yeah. Um, So I went with the three that I know I have not finished a couple of, I feel like, I might have started one of them, but I know I didn't finish any of the three and went from there. I think every it's more of like to warn people from just jumping into Beloved, which, you know, is I think her most well-known because it's apparently just don't do it. I haven't actually read Beloved, but like apparently don't work your way into it. Apparently Mm -hmm. through her, maybe not as dark stuff. Yeah. So. I mean, fair warning. We did pick that one. I know it's like coming up. Like, uh, so I'm just gonna oh. keep because I'm gonna keep going because I have those other two. So yeah, that'll be good. Yeah. All right. So our challenge for this week was a book by an author from our state 
And as mentioned on the last podcast, we had quite a few states to choose from because we kind of <laughs> went with like, where were we born? Where do we live now? Where have we lived? <laughs> and we settled on Suzanne Collins, The Hunger Games, because she's from Hartford, Connecticut, and I lived in Connecticut for quite some time. Grew up mostly in like between Connecticut and Massachusetts with my parents yeah. and stuff. Um, because I have not read any of the books and not seen any of the movies. <laughs> And for me, it's and just Megan a happy, was astounded. <laughs> yeah, it was a happy enjoyment to read something that I knew I enjoyed, and to realize how much I actually do love this series. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I am so excited because you were not spoiled on this. You don't know how no. this ends. I don't know how this ends. The only thing I was spoiled on that I'd mentioned to you off podcast was about Rue, um, and it was simply because when the movie came out. A lot of racist people were so surprised that she was black, even though now that I've read the book, I can also say, yeah, many times she writes brown skin. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's like very fucking clear. Yes. And assholes who said that um, her death didn't mean as much to them because they chose to have her be a black girl in the movie. So I knew she died. (sighs) I didn't know anything else. (laughs) Except I do remember reading an article about it and remember the article saying, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with people. It clearly says she has brown skin. So there was like, I was like, okay, so I know there's a little brown girl in this book. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just stupid to think. So The Hunger Games takes place in Pan Am for anybody who has not read this, which is basically this a dystopian country years and years and years that it takes place in North America. So it's not even just the U.S., it's North America, which includes fucking Mexico and Central America. So, like, to assume that all of your... I mean, like, okay, fine, send 24 white kids in, cool. But, like, come on. I mean, I will give the movie props. They also, like, I just... I watched it last night. I was curious and um it's a little i forgot how much of it let down it kind of is but there is a, a, a if the tribute didn't matter it's kind of played by a stunt double hmm. like someone who now probably works as a stunt double mm-hmm. um so they're one of the kids is definitely of an asian descent but we don't really know anything about him mm-hmm. um and i feel like there was another one but i, I don't remember but it, it was at least like thankfully not 22 white kids yeah and two black kids right which like i feel like a lot of these future dystopian world books and movies and shows are very white and it's like hey hi we're not all gonna die out when the glaciers melt and shit and we (laughs) fuck up the world or continue fucking up the earth yes um we're still gonna be there yeah oh my god i cannot (laughs) cannot it's gonna happen yeah uh but yeah people of color will still be around yeah thanks yeah. So that was the only thing I knew, and it was simply because of that. I feel, honestly, I feel like I did a wiki read of the synopsis of maybe each book. Can't really tell. For some reason, don't tell me. I'm not even looking at you so that nothing goes away. Um, I feel maybe she ends up with Gale, but he's hurt, or maybe it's Peta and he's, I don't know. I really, and I honestly could be confusing that with something else I wanted to know about and then did a read through <laughs> and I've just put them into it, but I really don't know anything else that's going to happen. I will say, so this, this series came out, I think it started in 2009. So I think it was 2009, 2010, 2011. And then the first movie was 2012. Um, 2008 it started. At eight, okay, so yeah, it was eight, eight nine, nine, ten. ten oh, yeah, and eight, then, nine, ten. <laughs> okay, and then the movie was twelve. Um, yeah. 
this came out, I want to say it was one of the first dystopians because I feel like every, like, it was just dystopian crazy after this. Mm-hmm. And Love Triangle, Love Triangle Crazy. I feel yeah. like this series does Love Triangle well. Okay. I'm very, because I, of course, I had to go to IMDb for the first movie only because I didn't <laughs> want to see who was in what movies. Exactly, yes. Just in case. Um, so I was like, who plays who? Because I was like, I feel like Liam Hemsworth is in this. Is he yes. PETA? He's not PETA. And then I was no. like, who the hell is the guy that plays PETA? And I don't know if I know him from anything else. He, let's see. I knew I knew him from something at the time, and now I can't remember. Because um, I know he was a child actor. Because, mm. uh, like, one of the running jokes or one of the running things is that, like, he and Jennifer Lawrence are both from Kentucky, and apparently, because he was a child actor from Kentucky, she used him as like an example to get into acting. Oh, her parents. okay. So, but cool. I cannot remember. Let's see. I just want. I will say I think Liam Hemsworth is miscast. Oh. I don't particularly care for him as Gale, but I just feel like he's a slightly too old. That's all. He does. There's nothing that, that he does wrong. I just feel like he's a little too old. Yeah, could see that. Um, and then I did see from IMDb that Stanley Tucci is in it, and he is a yeah. delight, and oh, I love him yes. so he much. Plays, he's like my favorite part of the Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> he plays Caesar, yes. the host, and it is. I'm gonna say the adults in this movie you cannot cast better. So it's mm. Stanley Tucci as Caesar. Yes. You got Woody Harrelson as Hamish. Yes. Elizabeth Banks as uh, Effie. Yeah. Donald Sutherland as President Snow. Lenny Kravitz as Senna. That was who I specifically went scrolling for because I was like, who plays Senna? Because you're wonderful and please don't betray her. Because, of course, going into the book, I am not trusting of, like, anyone that she meets. <laughs> so I have... Um, but I love him. Two favorite characters by the end. Of the book or the movies uh, or both? Of, of the entire series. Okay. So one of them you haven't met yet. Okay. Senna um, is my like I don't know why but I latched on so hard to Senna yeah. and it's just something about this guy who lives in this insanity of wealth that just seems so calm and collected and it's like grounded yes yeah and Lenny I mean on it I'm not gonna lie Lenny Kravitz just blows it out of the water I think oh, I was a little worried okay. when he got cast mm-hmm. but it is you can't imagine anybody else he looks fantastic Oh, I'm sure. Like in this, in in one part, he's got like like a lace headband, and it's like the only, but it's like an entirely black, like simple outfit. It's just <laughs> so great. Well, I'm so excited. Great. Like I, I remember when the movie came out because I remember it came out right before the a couple months before we got married because I remember it was playing at the movie theater when Chris's cousin got married the month before us, but we went to go see the Cabin in the Woods instead. Nice, <laughs> still a good choice. Yeah. Um. And I remember someone I used to work with saying she didn't, the first time she saw the movie, she said she didn't, she's an older woman, didn't like it because she felt like the adults were like, all the adults were the enemy. (laughs) And, but then another time I talked to her and she said she did like it, but this is also someone who lied about something else later on. So, and why we're not friends anymore. So there's that. Um, But yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to see, oh, see this so the first movie mirrors the first book there's no i don't yes. risk no yeah. spoiling anything okay first good. movie first book and they and then the second movie follows the second book 
And they actually did, they changed, well, they obviously changed things in the movies. Yeah. um, But they changed something in the second book or second movie to really drive home the cliffhanger at the end. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, this, my other favorite character you'll meet in book two. Cool. Um, Which has already been requested from the library. (laughs) I'm so glad you enjoyed this because like. I, I loved this. I, this is a series that, like, I still have vivid memories. So I started this. I, Lauren Bearden is the one who told me about it. And Faye Bai. Um, they both loved book one. I read it after book two came out. And was furious because I had to wait for book three. Oh but I don't think God. I had to wait a full year. Okay. If I remember correctly, I don't think I did. Um, but I, I just... It became... One of those series that just I had to pick up if things were too much and I just mm-hmm. needed something to kind of fall back into um, to the point that like the the copy of that I own now mm-hmm. is is actually the second first book I own because the first one fell apart. Yeah, um, this one from the library is like falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I tried to get my mother to read it. She I don't think she made it past the first few chapters. Mm. I um, my sisters read it. I have to ask her. I hope so. I think it. Yeah. Obviously, like, the big criticism is that Battle Royale is a book and movie that is very similar to this. And clearly, like, she drew inspiration from that. But I don't know that, so. (laughs) It's a Japanese book uh, where a bunch of kids end up on an island and have to kill Uh, each other. But then you could also say that that relates back to Lord of the Flies. So, whatever. Mm, Yeah. Um, I think this mirrors... I could see this happening. That's the scary Mm -hmm. thing. Is like, I could totally see this kind of reality TV happening. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's so much look at reality TV now. It's just like, is that the next step? Cause like, so we talked very briefly last week about what I thought or last time about what I thought this was. It's like, I know there's kids in the woods and I, for, I don't know that I thought that they had to kill each other or if it was just sort of who could survive the longest, but then thinking back on that, like, well, to help my survival to be the last one, then yeah, I'd have to kill other people. But, um, but I can understand holding out hope that maybe like you're taking care of each other instead of yeah killing each other. <laughs> so I really liked the way, um, sort of like when I was talking about Toni Morrison about how she like weaves in the story. Not it's not maybe so weaved all throughout, but like you don't find out right away. Where's Katniss's dad? What are the Hunger Games? Where are you living? What is this world? But I like how she slowly gives you that information or like you don't get the story of how her and Gail met until a little while into the book yeah um so I did I I liked the pacing of it and that she did not shy away from blood and at one point Katniss almost gets blown up and now she can't hear which makes sense because she almost got blown up (laughs) um whereas other books might be like yeah I was a little dazed and then I got up and shook it off type of thing no she can't hear out of one ear for like the rest of the games yeah um and then how that affects the rest of what she does exactly yeah. um, her her going through the dehydration and oh it's just i <laughs> i like yeah. that she didn't shy away from that stuff i remember when they were gonna turn this into movies and i was like just don't because yeah. i didn't want to see this but also i was like there's no way you're going to make it as horrific as the book is and still be able to get your teen audience in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. 
It's also the book itself for anyone who hasn't read it. <laughs> it's divided into three parts. The first part is the tributes. And it's the story is being told by 16-year-old Katniss Everdeen, who lives with her little sister Prim, or Primrose, and their mom. Prim is 12 years old. Uh, their dad died in a mine explosion five years before this, and he taught Katniss how to hunt. So basically, she's very clearly in charge of hunting for the family and getting food for them, because that's like the first thing we see. She wakes up. Um, it's something called Reaping Day, and Prim left her some goat cheese, which I was like, ooh, yes, goat cheese. Um, <laughs> left that for her for Reaping Day, and then she goes off to hunt with Gail. And it's just, she. I mean, I know it's this dystopian role, but she doesn't have to be told to go do it. It just seems like this is her responsibility. This is her job. Yeah. Um, I will say that one of the biggest complaints about dystopian books and a lot of YA fiction is like, where are the adults? Mm -hmm. And I think this series does a good job throughout all three books of like setting up why Katniss doesn't trust adults for various reasons. It's not Mm -hmm. just the fact that like there's a capital that wants to kill kids, but also her mother, (laughs) which is a big reason. (laughs) Yeah. Like her mother fell apart when her dad died and her family nearly starved to death. So like Katniss just, you know what she was like 10 or 11 no she was 11. almost 12 yeah and it was like she had to deal with this so it, it makes sense that she has such a quick distrust mm-hmm. of adults period because right. they have already let her down so much right and why prim has maybe a different relationship with their mom than she does yeah um that was very interesting to me when we do finally get the story about her dad dying and how they got about a month's worth, I think, of compensation, thinking that, all right, after this month, mom will now go get a, a job. job. And yeah. she didn't. She didn't do anything. It's like, oh, dear. Yeah. And how Katniss was, she was only 11, but trying to make this what they had last. And then when it finally went down to nothing, trying to figure out what to do next. was just, yeah, it very much makes sense why she doesn't trust adults. Did you get a feel for where in the country they are? Um, I was not sure. I honestly didn't think about it too much, but I was like, all right, so there's woods. But then I was like, well, depending on how far in the future, maybe the ozone layer has fixed itself. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) Um, So I was thinking, where are there a lot of woods? Like Maine, New Hampshire, Colorado. (laughs) So... They do talk about where the capital is, mm-hmm. which is in the Rockies, uh. um, which it took me several, mm-hmm. it took me a long time to realize that. Um, it never really says specifically where it is, but the the general consensus is that it's like Virginia, North Carolina, that kind of okay. area, where there would have been miners coal. at some point. Duh. Yeah. Yes. The coal miners. I forgot about that. Her dad died. Isn't the coal or mine explosion? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're um. still north enough to get cold, but not too cold yeah yeah it's like talking when we're in the games and she talks about how the game makers can manipulate and are clearly manipulating stuff that kind of threw me too of like i don't know where you are <laughs> forget <laughs> yeah, i don't about, know where yeah. the actual game is yeah so what is reaping day so reaping day god it sounds so terrible and actually i think it might be before right before we find out exactly what it is she does explain how i don't know how to say tesserae 
Is that how you Yeah, I think so. Um, I keep wanting to say how, Tesseract, I know it's not that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Same. <laughs> uh, how at once you're 12 years old, your name goes in automatically for for Reaping Day. And you can also enter your name extra times for a Tesseract, which is basically a meager year's worth of grain and oil for one person. And she has done this many, many times. But you can also enter for each member of your family. So she... At 12, can enter four times. Mm-hmm. And I think she did. Yeah, something yes. like, was it, by this or time, sorry, her name will be, and it's times. cumulative, too. Yeah. So it's three so, times, because there's only three, like, for whatever right. counted her dad. So it's three, and then, yeah, at 13, it would be six. Yeah. So I think, or, was it, by this time, her name will be in 20 times? And Gail's, like, 42 or something like that? Yep. So... Attendance again is mandatory to for to, for everyone to physically go to the reaping day as well, even if they are younger or older, you know, whatever. Everyone has to go unless you're on death's door, and the capital will be looking to make sure that you're actually dying, and that's why you didn't go. Um, I did like that we got this is part of how we get some of the history of the how how basically how it came to be, how the capital is ringed by thirteen districts. Um, but then the dark days came and the <laughs> districts, they, the uprisings against the capital and 12 districts were defeated and the 13th one was just completely destroyed. So now basically as punishment, two tributes from each district have to come, you know, into the Hunger Games every year, which is just like, yes. is that not overkill <laughs> every single year? <laughs> um <sighs> And the last child standing, because it's up to eight, age 18? Yes, it's 12 to 18. Yeah. yeah. Last child standing is the winner. And since you start with 24, how do you get to be the last one standing? You're going to have to kill some people. And it's televised. Not necessarily true. Not necessarily true. But odds are, yeah, you're probably going to have yeah. to kill someone. Or at least, if, and also prevent yourself from getting killed. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Protect yourself. Yeah. Um, and also the elements, forgetting just the people, but the elements and the animals or, and whatever else could be at, yep. in the arena, which is huge. You have to have survival skills. You have yeah. to have, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and 12 seems very young. Yeah. Um, it, that would be the equivalent of what, sixth grade? I think so. Yeah. Wait, 12 to 13. Seventh grade? Somewhere 12, 13, there, yeah. 13, 14, somewhere around there. Young. You're a baby. Yeah. You're two. I mean, 18 yeah. is still a baby, but. And it's also young. like made very clear, like when 12 year olds get picked, like everybody's kind of disappointed because clearly it's. Yeah. It's obviously going to be someone older to win. Yeah. Was, yeah. And the whole thing is televised everywhere. That's like the one time where you can count on the electricity being in play and not going out right. so that everyone can watch this. Um, Mandatory watching. It's Yeah, and it's, it's just punishment for how dare you rise up against us. We will now kill your children, but we're not going to kill them. They're going to kill each other because exactly. we said so. And this is the 74th game. So in the past 73, District 12 has only had two winners, one of whom is still alive, Hamish Abernathy. Yeah, we never learn really, like, who that first one is. Yeah. And, like, what year they were, or if, what, even male or female. Like, we learn right. nothing about that, which is another thing that I'm curious about. I yeah. wonder if that's what the prequel is. Oh. 
That'd be cool. Yeah. And then, so, I remember the trailers. I remember Elizabeth Banks and how <laughs> she looked very crazy. Yes. And I was like, who the fuck is Elizabeth Banks? Like, who is she in this story? So she plays Effie, who is basically their representative, who basically got stuck with District 12 and clearly wants a better district. Yeah. Um, but, um, and she's the one who calls the names. And, of course, ladies first. They, uh, <laughs> she calls... Prim Primrose Everdeen, little sister. Just the odds. I just Of course. There are eight thousand people in this district. Give or take maybe what we'll say twenty five percent. It's about two thousand kids. Mm-hmm. And probably seventy five percent of those kids are putting in for this, you know, this ration essentially. Yep. She has one freaking ticket. Right. I mean Poor kid. It's kind of like that one in a million chance to win the lottery. Yeah, Let's exactly. play. And she won a not not so great lottery. Yeah. And I can guarantee you, even though she doesn't go in the game, that child is having this nightmare for the rest of her life. If she makes it to be 65 years old, she is still at some point going to wake up in a cold sweat as a 12-year-old child. Yeah. Getting that name pulled out. And for some reason, her sister didn't step in. Yeah. I mean, she's only 12. She's got six more years to go. I don't know what's going to happen in the rest of the books. <laughs> but because your name yeah. goes in every year. I mean, yes, I completely understand Katniss's um, drive to protect her keep and just keep her away from harm. But I really hope Prim learns some survival skills in the next, which <laughs> just in case, just in case. And then also just kind of skipping ahead a little bit once we're in the games and her plan to fuck with the careers and basically take out their food supply because they never had to hunt for food they're yeah. well fed and basically trained for this um smart very smart because they weren't taught those types of skills yes. what to forage for what to look for so then we gotta start bringing maybe you don't have to bring prim on the other side of the fence exactly teach her to hunt a little bit teach her to hunt a little bit and then start bringing her on the other side of the fence <laughs> um and then this is, of course, is the other part that I know from the trailers, the I volunteer as tribute uh, that Katniss yells. Yes. Because one can volunteer for the games. And I like that when she does this, Effie's like, well, yeah, but there's a whole protocol and we're supposed to do the guy <laughs> for next and then you can. And then and the mayor is like, what? What does it matter? It, just let her. It's fine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what does it matter? She's volunteering and he recognizes her. Um, cause she, they're not supposed to hunt. They're not supposed to go on the other side of the fence, but her and Gail do. And the reason that they're not, you know, arrested for this or beaten or anything is because the officials are buying their meats or their food or the yeah. mayor loves the strawberries. Like they're so. so far from the capital and they're, as we come to learn the smallest district. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're so far out there. There's a small district. They're the poorest district. Like, it's all a combination of just, like, yeah, these peacekeepers suck, Mm -hmm. but also, like, they could be so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. So, she volunteers. And then Prim, of course, tries to stop her. But then she's like, no. When they call the guy's name, it's PETA, who is a delight. PETA Malark. (sighs) The boy with the bread, which... (sighs) <sighs> he's the baker's son yes 
the baker who has bought, who just bought a squirrel from Gail or traded it for a loaf of bread that her and Gail ate earlier that day when they went hunting. Um, um, it, we also kind of get a little bit of their class divisions in this district because he's the baker's son. So he's someone that lives more in town. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they call him kids from the market. I can't remember exactly versus kids from the seam, which is where Katniss lives, which is essentially the, you know, poorer of the poor. So it's not like, yeah, they've probably been in the same class their entire life, but they've never talked. Right. Once. Right. But they know each other. They both do know each other. Um, so they're called and do we get this? I think we get part of the story about why he's the boy with the bread. It was when her mom had really shut down and it was maybe three months. I think it was after her dad died. Mom's not working. Mom's not really helping do much of anything. 11 year old Katniss is trying to figure out how to keep them from starving to death. And she's basically losing hope and she's trying to sell baby clothes. Yeah, no one's buying anything. The smell of the bread, I think, lures her in. And Peta's mom, or yeah, she checks the trash bins and there's nothing in there. But Peta's mom sees her and starts screaming for her to get away. And Peta sees this and he basically burns some bread on purpose, gets slapped in the face, I think, by his mom Mm -hmm. and told to feed it to the pigs. And so he goes out and he starts to do that. And as soon as his mom isn't looking, he throws them at Katniss. And they're clear, they're, the bread is perfectly fine, just a little charred. So it's obvious that he did this on purpose. And He's got such a good heart. Yep. At that point, I wasn't sure if it was because he knew her from school or if he just was like, wow, my mom's being a real bitch. And this yeah. girl is clearly hurting and needs help and I'm going to help her. I will say one of the the, my biggest complaints about this series is that we only get PETA through Katniss. Mm-hmm. So we get most almost entirely everything we know about him is what his relationship is to Katniss. We mm. don't, I mean, we kind of gather his mom's a bitch. Like she's, a, she's <laughs> the things throughout the entire book. We kind of learned that like, man, she is not a great person. We mm-hmm. never in the entire series, we never get his brother's names. Oh, okay. We, you know, we never get a sense of like, really what his family life's like like does he Mm. like his family like does he get along is this being slapped around something that's common or is this Mm -hmm. like you know a bad day which it kind of sounds like considering that you know they trade with the baker when his wife's not around like she's kind of a terrible person in general right so yeah it's it, it is one of my like i wish we got a little bit more from him because most of what we get like you will get a sense of who Peta is through this book, but it's not as clear of a picture as I would have wanted. Mm. Gotcha. It seems like, and then we do, like, we know that the baker trades with Katniss and Gail when his wife's not around. So he seems like a nice guy. Cause then the next thing is when the tributes, Peta and Katniss are taken away, Prim and her mom visit and she screams at her mom basically to take care of Prim that she cannot go away. Yeah. Um, but then after that, his Peter's dad comes in, the baker, and he has some cookies for her. And it's kind of awkward because it's just awkward because clearly they if one of them is going to come back, it's going to be because the other one got killed either by them or just in the course of the games. Right. And but the baker promises to watch out for Prim that he'll keep her belly full. Basically, he will not let her starve. 
which was very nice because who he doesn't have to do that. No, I mean, most of these people, even if, you know, they live in the nicer part of town, they're still not that well off. Right. They have their own problems. Yeah. But, but they're still thinking of others. Everybody loves Prim. Yeah. And then Katniss gets her pin from Madge. Midge? Madge. Madge. The mayor's daughter. Um, has a Mockingjay on it, which we learn more about the Mockingjays later on. <laughs> And then Gail comes, and the, I, of course, was like, okay, so here's our, here's our love triangle. We've got Peta <laughs> over here, who gave her bread, but I cannot tell exactly what that is, but I'm, you know, looking at that. And then Gail, who is her closest friend, which, it's like, Did you I know think I know which way this is going to go. Love hmm? triangle. Did you know there was a love triangle before reading the book? Didn't, didn't know for sure, but okay. suspected it, because yeah. I suspected it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's that time period. Yeah. So, um, Peta, or yeah, Peta and Katniss are taken on the train to the Capitol. And one of my favorite scenes, or yeah, scenes, was when Hey Mitch is drunk. He's like drunk all the time. And I believe they ask him for advice. And he's like, Yeah, just try to stay alive. And he finds it funny because he's drunk and he starts laughing. And Peta slaps the glass out of his hand and so he punches Peta in the face and then as he goes to reach for another glass Katniss like drives her knife into the table yeah. just barely missing I was like I like this little double team here and after reading through it and going back and writing my notes like is this maybe where Hamish got the idea of how to present them or maybe was that Sinna's idea or was it something between the two or did this kind of spark that that there could be like teamwork here and that's how they should play them off each other no, because there's a scene prior to this that it hit me reading this time. Hamish is obviously a smart guy. He's won the games before. You cannot mm -hmm. win. If you come out of these games coherently, mm -hmm. you're ruthless and and smart in some way. Right. Now, granted, there are some that come out that are mentally not okay. There are some that have come out simply because they out-survived, like, you know, I think yeah. they briefly talk about it. Like, it, it, you know, things happen. But for the most part, the people that survive this are people that are intelligent. So after Katniss volunteers, she decides she doesn't want anybody seeing her crying. Mm -hmm. And Hamish falls off the stage. So it kind of takes the, the spotlight off of her. Mm -hmm. And she, like, allows herself, like, one moment to kind of catch her breath. And it hit me this time around. I was like, Hamish is obviously drunk, but did he do that on purpose? And I yeah. can never get a good enough read on Hamish of, is he that nice that he would yeah. do that? Because, like, it's a little bit later when Katniss really thinks about it and thinks about, you know, he's in charge of the tributes every, every year, basically, and is supposed to give them advice. And every year that he's been doing this, basically, they've all died. Yeah. So... Maybe I'd be really drunk off my ass all the time, too, because yeah. of also what I went through in the games myself, whatever happened there for me to get out. And then every tribute has died. Like maybe he tried really hard at first and everything he tried didn't prepare them well enough. And he blames himself. It's possible for all of them dying. You'll eventually learn like what number he was and just like mm. to realize how long he's been doing this, like. At no yeah. point do I ever fault Hamish for drinking. Like, fucking hell, you know. Yep. I get it. Drink up. Yeah. So, after this, I... So, okay. 
Uh, back to my whole thing about it's kids in the woods doing shit. <laughs> there's some whole presentation. There's a whole presentation for this. Basically, Katniss has to go through waxing. Everything is waxed. She's plucked like a bird. Yes. <laughs> her production team. Right. Right. Her stylist. Like, basically, she doesn't meet her stylist, Cinna, until after she's been plucked and smoothed and everything. And I was just like, what this is this necessary <laughs> for what she's about to have to do? And then when we meet Cinna, he says that he she said she asks if he's new because she doesn't recognize him from the mandatory viewings of the, the previous games. And he says that he is new and he asked for District 12. So I really would like to know more about that and about why and where he comes from and what's going on. Um. Yep, right before we started recording, I made a list of, like, all... I was like, if we're actually going to start prequels, like, if this is a thing that you're going to do and it's not just yeah. a one-off, here are the prequels that I want. Here's who books that Sina. I want. And Sina's... <laughs> yeah. I want Hamish's entire leading up to, and through his. I mm-hmm. want... Um, there's several more tributes, because obviously mm-hmm. you're going to meet more, because obviously this was, you know, 74, and there's two more books. Right. Um, so assuming that there's another game... Obviously, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're going to meet other former tributes because they're mentors. Mm-hmm. And now that Katniss and Pete have won, they're part of that crew now. Um, so there's a bunch of them that I'm like, I want to know about your game and what got you to this and how you got right. through it. But Senna is not a victor. He is from the capital. Mm. And he is still my favorite character this entire stupid series. about him. Plus, knowing he's played by Lenny Kravitz is so yeah. good. Which so apparently, yeah. Jennifer Lawrence is really good friends with Zoe. Kravitz. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, which I don't know how that happened, but I do mm-hmm. know that they do X Men together. But I guess they did something prior to that. Oh right. Or maybe they're just friends. But yeah. Uh, so apparently, she like kept calling him Mister Kravitz. I was reading through some things because I was like, man, this movie came out like it's been like eight years now. I was like, what's, you know, I don't really what's behind the scenes stuff. And, you know, do these people yeah. still talk? And and uh, I was amused by that. Yeah. <laughs> so like we, he seems very grounded. Um, he has some ideas for how he wants to what he wants them to wear. And I, I love that she's very worried about basically. She's just going to be naked because he keeps talking about because fi- they, they try to pull in elements of the district. But like, what are you, what are you going to do with coal? You know? Yeah. So his thing is it, fire. You light it on fire. Um, and ask her if she's afraid of fire and she's not. So her out her and Peta's outfits, they have these very elaborate caves that are going to be lit on fire, but with synthetic fire. And I was like, what the hell is synthetic fire? I mean, I know that there's a movie, so she can't possibly burn up, but this just seems, <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Will she die before she gets into the games? Right. Um, she doesn't. They don't. <laughs> the whole present. Oh, and he's the one who has them hold hands before they go. Peta and Katniss hold hands, which none of the other tributes do. Um, and it seems like that's not a thing in previous games of the yeah. tributes from each district going in together because there is supposed to be one winner. Yeah, exactly. And you can't really be friends with the one from your district. Or, it, you know, if there's alliances, they're only going to last so long. Exactly. Yeah. But they hold hands. And I think this is where I was like, yeah, Peta, you love her. 
<laughs> you figured that out quick. <laughs> yeah, because they like she realizes because they, they go through this huge arena and she's holding really tight when she goes to let or to at least loosen her grip. He's like, no, I'll fall off. And then he gives her this compliment at the end about how the fire suits her. And she's thinking that he's playing her, that he's just trying to lull her into this like false sense of security with him. So she gives like she kisses him on the cheek or wherever his bruise is. And because like two can play at this game. And I was like, you're a fool. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but he loves you. (laughs) And then, let's see. She spends the whole book thinking that it's just a ruse. Yeah, she does, basically questioning it back and forth, back and forth. And then later on when when he tells her, like, the story of, you know, her singing in class is like, okay... She still thinks his story has an element of truth to it because that happened. But like, no, the whole thing. Yes, <laughs> we're all just like, so no, true. you idiot. It's not like. Right. He loves you. Yes. The end. <laughs> um, is he 16 as well? Do we know how yes. old he is? They're the same. Yeah, okay. All right. So after the arena, when they have that dinner and the Avox comes yes. in, that was very interesting. When... Katniss recognizes her and everyone's like, you can't possibly recognize her. She's a criminal and her tongue has been cut out. So Peter helps her, covers for her. And again, why would he do this? He doesn't need to do this. He doesn't need to help you by saying, oh, she looks like this girl, whatever her name is at school. And then when they go on the roof together, the windy roof, tells she tells a story about how her and Gail saw that girl and, an, and, a, and a young guy in the woods. They didn't help them. A hovercraft appeared out of nowhere, killed the boy, and took her away. Mm-hmm. Um, very interesting <laughs> about the punishments that the capital will dole out. Yeah. That they're yeah, she's a clear, she's a, she has to serve them. She's a servant, uh, but they will also cut your tongue out. Yeah, death is definitely an easier option. Yes, for a yes. lot of these punishments. Yeah. So when the two of them decide to practice together and they're going through to the different uh, stations. Yes. And they're practicing like tying knots and then Rue is following them. I was like, are we just going to adopt Rue right from the beginning? No. (laughs) No, but the everybody did in their hearts. Yes. Yes. And then, okay. Second favorite scene is when... Katniss goes to present in front of the game maker, so then she can finally use her bow and arrow because obviously her and Peta don't want to show their skill. Oh, wait. So leading up to that, when her and Peta or Hamish asked if either of them has any skills and she says, well, I hunt, I'm all right. And Peta's like, what are you talking about? You're great. Like, I've eaten many of your squirrels, which is another thing where she didn't really think that the baker and his family would have to eat the squirrels. Like, (laughs) she just thought that they... Because they make such just, great food. Yeah, he, they just expect him to sit like in a quiet corner eating squirrel by himself. <laughs> right. It's just like, like, what? Oh, honey. Right. <laughs> and that they don't really get to eat these fancy cakes that they make and that yeah. Peter decorates. Um, it's And also when we eventually meet Rue and finding out when she does agriculture, no, they can't take any of the food that they're farming or else they'll be whipped and beaten and all that. So when Hamish asks for their skills, she's 
not really saying how great she is and Peta's coming up about how wonderful she is and how my dad raves about how every rabbit or squirrel the arrow will be in the eye and won't be piercing the body and she's like well what about your skills you can wrestle you're very strong and they're just like going back and forth it's like <laughs> okay so you both have clearly been watching each other yes and I also I get re- the like distinct feeling that it's not like either of them trying to play down their strengths they literally don't realize yeah that they yeah have these you know, abilities. Right. right, because she doesn't think she's as good a hunter as like her dad. Right. She can't make a bow and arrow the way her dad could. Um, and he doesn't think that he's that strong when he really or he also she says that how strong he is. And he's like, Yeah, if there's sacks of sugar I can lift that <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, come on, dude, you could find a rock or like right. throw a person or a know. person. <laughs> right. Teenagers. Like that. But then when it's Katniss's turn behind closed doors with the game makers because they go in order they're all drunk and they want to or drinking and they they want to be done and then this roast pig comes in and when she realizes that they're not paying attention to her and she shoots the apple out of the pig's mouth which the the pig that's on their table so very physically close to them shoots the apple out and like spears the apple to the wall and then walks out it's just like <laughs> yes <It's> so good <laughs> But then her immediate panic of, oh, my God, <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> yeah, we get a very clear sense that, like, you don't necessarily have to like Katniss in the series. Peta's going to help you do that. But right. Oh, I liked her. <laughs> From that, I was like, yes. Yeah. Her entire sense of being is, she's okay. If she dies, like, that's fine. As long as her sister is safe. She doesn't give a right. shit about anything else. Yeah. That is literally her only goal. And since the moment that her sister's name got called, like, there's nothing else that matters. Right. Because after she does that, she worries about, are they going to punish my family? What are they going to do to me? And basically everyone's like, it's too late to to change tributes. And they'll just probably make your life hell in the arena. And they actually cheer her up a bit with their very dry matter of fact responses about that yeah because the truth is it's it's in a private room and it's it's not filmed and only the game makers can see what these people do and then the way that people or the people in the capital or people watching get an understanding of like who they should be betting on essentially is Mm -hmm. that they rank them based on this these private shows um but literally like you're never supposed to find out or talk about what happens in this room Right. You just get your score and obviously people can tell who was more impressive, whatever that means with whatever skills they have. Um, what's Peter get? Does he get an eight? An eight, yes. Eight. She gets an eleven. Yes. Do you remember <laughs> what Rue gets? She gets a seven. Yeah. Right? I th- yeah. She gets something. Let me make sure. She gets higher than, than what was expected. Yeah. I mean, she's this young little 12 year old girl. Exactly. What? Yeah. Um, ba, 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 ba. And then interwoven around here is when we find out how she met Gail. Or, yeah, how they met in the woods. Like, she ventured into the woods to hunt by herself, staying very close to the fence and venturing out slowly, farther, a little, uh, you know, a little farther each time. And she found some snares that actually caught Uh, rabbits i think and was looking at them not to steal but just to try to figure out why hers aren't working and that's where she meets him and they basically start to slowly work together 
she shares what she knows about edible plants and stuff like that. And he shows her the snares. And I think she gives him a bow at one point or an arrow, something. Something, yeah. Um, but and then some, after the yeah. score. Hmm? At some point they become partners instead of just yeah. like ridiculously trying to trade with each other. Right. And then, yeah, become partners and also just, you know, dividing up the food or, you know, whatever they each bring in for the day, sort of. To make sure that both families will have enough. And then after the scores are read, that's when PETA decides he wants to train separately. And with there's like there's interviews that happen. So they're trying to do interview prep with Katniss and <laughs> Effie gets frustrated because she can't like get her to just just smile. And she's like, I, there's this one part where she's like, look, I'm beaming at you, even though I find you incredibly frustrating right now. (laughs) Hamish doesn't know what to do with her either. She's too sullen. She can't be arrogant enough. She just, there's no angle that he can find to play her. Because what Katniss keeps forgetting is that this is reality TV at its finest. And it's like, you have to have a persona that you can rock that people are going to relate to. And unfortunately, like the sullen, scary type, doesn't work on a girl right and sponsors the sponsors have to like you to want to basically give you resources and stuff during the games to keep you alive yeah and then this is where i was like okay i feel like i can really trust senna is when he is getting her ready for her interview and she confesses basically all of her prep went terribly and he says well can you (laughs) pretend that you're talking to a friend it's like well it wouldn't make sense if i'm you know, talking to Gail, he knows this stuff or some of the stuff I wouldn't be talking to him about at all. It's like, well, can you think of me as a friend? I was like, yes, Cinna. Yes, we can. <laughs> I love Cinna. We also don't get enough of Portia, his partner, and it's like... Yeah. <sighs> she's off with PETA. Yeah. Yeah, but she does a good interview. She She's able to be somewhat charming in that when like Caesar asks her her favorite part about going to the capital she says lambs the lambs do like and that gets a chuckle out of everyone and then the dress and the twirling and the dress on the stage (laughs) yeah I do like that she's trying to eat and we're getting like a clear sense of like the decadence decadency of the capital and how much food and she's never had hot chocolate and yes and And that was just on the train yeah (laughs) And it's, that was very interesting. There's a great scene in the movie. I got a lot of complaints about the movie, but like Elizabeth Banks is just chef kiss solid when it comes to Effie. And at one part, I think she's talking about the living quarters and like, I don't remember, but she's like, but they don't get desserts and you do. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> she's so good. <laughs> she, yeah, I could see her in this role for sure. Yes. I do like that, though, that we get a very good description or very good feel of what life is like in District 12 and at the seam in her particular section and what life is like for her and her family and her friends or friend uh, before. She's match too. Yeah. But then we're like kind of smacked in the face with the decadence and the food and just and the technology, like the shower and the the. I think there's like a system that just, just boom, your hair is dry. Like yeah. what the capital oh, yeah. has or She's what the train to the capital has. <laughs> never experienced a shower. Yeah. She's like, oh, it's like being outside in the summer rain, but warmer. And yeah. It's like, oh no. Yeah. Did we talk about how she got her Mockingjay pen? Uh, that match brought okay. it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about what the Mockingjays are. 
I feel like, did we get a description then? Um, kind of. So essentially, yeah, because that's when the first time we hear about mutts. So during the dark times or the war, the capital created mutations, which are um, essentially like Frankenstein creatures that attack and kill things or spy and everything. So a mockingjay is the byproduct of jabberjays and mockingbirds. So jabberjay is a mutation that was used to spy on rebels because they could mimic and remember so much. But then when the rebels figured out that what they were being used for, they fed them false information and the capital just let them die out. But instead of dying out, they um, mated with mockingbirds and thus created mockingjays, which can mimic songs very well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thinking That's about Rue. <laughs> I know. Um, so after her interview, Peta's interview, and this is where I was cemented of, yes, you really do have feelings for her. This isn't a game. Because he goes out, Caesar's talking to him like, oh, you're handsome, blah, blah, blah. Is there anyone back at home? He's like, well, there's one girl, but I don't think she knew I was alive until I got called. And Caesar's like, oh, we'll just win. And then you can go back. And of course, she'll be super impressed with you. And he's like, it's not, uh, winning's not going to work for me. And of course, Caesar's like, why not? It's like, because she came here with me. But it was him blushing beat red. And the stammer was like, you can't really force yourself to blush. You love her. (laughs) So you are all in. This is real. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And of course, she's, she's upset about it. And... I would like to, I don't know if I'm going to get to find out, but I'd love to hear more about what Peta and Hamish's prep sessions were like. Yeah. If, because I, I don't really see Peta coming right out and saying, oh, I really like this girl. Or Hamish just picking up on things and being like, you have feelings for her. You had feelings for her before all of this started. I can see Peta being like, Maybe not flat out being like, you know what? I just want to do whatever it takes to help her win. Mm-hmm. Or like, mm. my life is not impo- as important or something along those lines. Maybe not like that dramatic. But, you know, I don't see him going in and being like, I like her. Let's use that as an advantage. But instead right. being like, you need to understand that if it comes down to the two of us, you need to save her kind of thing. Yeah. Or him. Yeah. I could definitely see him say- saying something that he might think they won't know that I have these feelings but of course yeah they realize you know like okay (laughs) and of course he plays it off as like you know this is just the story for the crowd and for the show or the for the people basically for the cameras um and that but it's like how how do you not see that he means this (laughs) i guess in that situation you can't trust any of the other tributes so i get it yeah there's that so obvious there's that the fact that like there can only be one so like she can't trust anything but also like at 16 like i don't know if someone told me they like me now yeah i think i'd believe it i I wouldn't like look for ulterior motives but like at 16 i definitely was Mm. going like why are you telling like what is the gain here (laughs) you know i don't know so we go into part two, which is the games. And of course, were you they... ready? No. 
Um, of course, they couldn't sleep. And I like that they were back on the roof together. And when PETA says that he doesn't want the games to change him, he's, he doesn't think he's a contender. He's like, I, I'm not a contender and I just want to die as me. Like, I don't want the games to change me. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was very insightful, especially for a teenager. Yeah. And Katniss is like, I don't know what you're talking about. She's she's kind of a bonehead. Right. She's like, "Uh, so you're not going to kill anyone? He's like, I probably will, but (laughs) if it comes down to it, but I just, I want to die as me. And, oh, I don't know. Oh, I think it was when, it was back when the two of them are going back and forth when Hamish first asks for their skills. And he says that his mom said that, she's a survivor and I can't remember what he says at first but at first Katniss is thinking well of course she was referring to to him so she comes in and she's like for the first time and or so like first time in a while or whatever district 12 actually has a shot at yeah uh, at a victor and he's like oh damn mom's got it mom thinks I'm awesome and and then she nope (laughs) bitch uh, who like, says no, this to their She's son? a contender. Who says this to their ch- like? What? And then I'm just uh, what? <laughs> That's encouraging. Thanks, mom. Ugh. Just to be that cold hearted. Oh, yeah. This could be the last mom, thing you say to your son, right? Because he could die. His mom could take some lessons from Senna, who he walks Katniss. Up to the basically the whole presentation right before the games are about to start. He asks if she wants to talk. She says no, but he just holds her hands because that's what she needs. And he's just like this, just this calming figure, just this like solid, calming person in her corner. It's ridiculous that this character, he's not the main character. He's not, but he's wonderful. But he is one of my favorite characters of like any freaking book. I just love yeah. Sona so much. Yeah. So and he tells her, I'm not allowed to bet, yes. but if I could, I'd bet on you, which seems super cheesy, but it's exactly like the moment that she kind of realizes no matter she's been told repeatedly, like she's got a chance, but it's something about Senna who doesn't mm-hmm. bullshit. Right. Saying very like, grounded, realistic person. Yeah. Like he's telling her you can do this. Yeah. Oh. And he also reminds her of Haymitch's advice which was don't run towards the cornucopia which has all these supplies get the fuck out of there put as much just start running put as much distance as you can between yourself and the other tributes and find water those are your two main objectives distance and water which if you were ever lost in the woods finding water should be your like number one thing i mean if it wasn't just read i think is this chapter 11 chapter 11 (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, of course, you know, you can see some of the supplies and she does see a bow and arrow or bow and some arrows, plural. And she wants to go for it. But then she notices Peta, and he's shaking his head and it's she can't quite tell if he's really saying don't do this or if this is like a trick of the sun or whatever. If she's imagining it. And so when the when it the Basically, when it rings out that they can go, she's sort of missed her chance because she's like, I, I don't know which way to go, right. you know. And then she basically settles for retrieving a backpack that's not too far away. Yeah. But this is where Shaken's like, oh, shit is just real yeah. from the beginning. Um, 
because her and another boy from a different district both grab the backpack and then all of a sudden he spits blood in her face. Not as some weird tactic, but because he got stabbed. A knife was thrown into his back. And then, of course, one goes flying at her, but she uses the backpack to protect herself as she's running. So she gets a knife and a backpack. And the backpack has, we find out eventually, sleeping bag, crackers, beef jerky, some iodine, matches, wire, sunglasses. Um, And then a half-gallon bottle that, of course, is empty. There's no water in it. (laughs) But at least she's got these supplies. Yeah. She at least has something. And because I think it's Clove that's throwing knives at her. Through this yes, knife. Yes, Yeah. From District 2. <laughs> she do- has a knife. Yep. She puts as much distance as she can. And then this is when we learn that, or maybe it said it earlier, but I missed it. But that basically, oh, also cannon, a cannon will boom out every time someone dies. Yes. But then at night, that person's face will yes. be like broadcast in the sky so that Everyone, the viewers at home, and then also all the other tributes will know how many have died and and who specifically. Um, we know from the canons that eleven died, but of course she doesn't know if it was if Peta was one of them. She has no idea where he is. She has no idea where anyone else is. Uh, but when the faces go up at night, he's not one of them. So the tributes, the the important ones are Clove and Cato from two. Mm-hmm. Those um, two from. <laughs> Fox face. Yep. From se- not seven, seven or eight. Mm, don't know. <laughs> I think it's seven. Um, oh, wait. We never, we don't get one and two. Okay. Is it eight? Oh, okay. no. Five. The five? boy from oh, District Jesus. Five is dead. I guess the Fox face girl made it. So, yeah, she's okay. from five. So, yeah. Uh, Chloe, six and Kato, seven are all both gone. Um, Fox face. I'm trying to think. Nobody else from seven, eight, nine. Both from ten. nine are dead. Yeah. Ten, both um, from ten. Was the boy from ten killed then? No one from ten here. Okay. Um, then eleven, which is Thresh and Rue. Mm-hmm. Both of who have brown skin, for those not paying attention while reading the book. It's <coughs> so bad. Yeah. Um, I feel like someone else is named, but I can't think of who it is. Yeah. Oh, I don't think we actually talked about why some of them are called career tributes. No, we didn't. Um, yeah. So... Do we really talk about what each district does? I no. Can't, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I might have mentioned agriculture because I was talking about Rue, but yeah. that, that's it. And the coal, obviously, from the mines from 12. So the country has um, segregated each district and they only focus on one type of business. Um, again, 12 is coal. 11 is agriculture, which we find out. Um, I think in this one, we also find out that 10 is livestock because of their costumes. Um, seven is timber trees. I know for sure. Mm. Um, I know what most of them are, but I can't remember which books tell me what it is. <laughs> so one is luxury items. Two is weapons and um, trains. Three mm. is devices like gadgets and, and um, things. Four is seafood. Ooh. Five, I'm totally drawing a blank on, actually. And six. Oh, man. I totally had this earlier, too. <laughs> six, I want to say, is like grain or something or textiles. Yeah, because at one point, Peta goes through like the different... Is it different breads with her or yeah. something? Because that becomes important for later. Yeah, there's... Uh, while they're uh, training, they discuss the different yeah. types of bread. Yeah. Um, 
so the career tributes are basically the kids where it's illegal to train a tribute before the games or prepare them for the games. But those who have the means and the resources to do it, do it. Yeah. And I believe Cato from District 2, he volunteered. I think so, yes. Yeah, he rushed forward to volunteer. And he's definitely a career tribute. Like very, They're clearly well-fed, um, bodies nourished, so that they can build up the strength and muscles, know how to fight, know how to use weapons. Some of them were very much showing off with using those weapons during training to show that they know how to use them. Um, so that's what basically the career tributes have because they have the means. Like it's they it's essentially have a leg up. Almost like instead of school, they go to like an academy to learn yeah. the stuff. And the careers are surprisingly it's one, two, and four. Yeah, that are the careers. Not three skipped. Yeah. I guess because three is like really technology and like nerdy shit, so it's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's weird. And maybe it might have something to do with how the country's set up. Yeah. Um, and maybe three is actually spun out enough because I think four is like California would be underwater, but essentially like that area. So mm-hmm. it's on the other side of the capital. Mm, okay. So I bet you one, two, and four are probably the closest. Yeah. So Katniss decides to sleep in a tree. <laughs> Smart. Yes. But then someone decides to build a fire near her. And for half a second, I was like, is this PETA? Does he know where she is? Is this like him inviting her to a fire? It's not. And she's immediately like, this is going to draw the attention of the careers or anyone really could see this and come running to attack, which is exactly what happens. Um, Because it's not PETA. This is how we lose the girl from eight, I believe. Or ten. Girl from ten. I think think ten because I think, oh no, well. Because the boy from eight is dead. So it could be it could be the girl from... I'm trying to remember. I just remember it was funny because I was looking at the kids that played the tributes. Because mm-hmm. it was like a where are they now kind of thing. And it was like okay. the idiot that lit the fire. So we never get her name. Oh, no, so. we don't. She's called the fire starter. And yeah. her, we're referred to as that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a pack of careers comes and they take her out. How much did your heart break here? Oh, so this is where I was like, I'm not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I refuse to think that I'm wrong that PETA does love her because who is with the careers? PETA. Um, Because so the cannon goes off every time someone dies. Also, they all have trackers in them, too. It's important. Um, But. The cannon doesn't go off, so they're like, oh, maybe we didn't fully kill her. So someone says that they'll go back and finish her, and then they can all move on, and it's PETA. And I was like, okay, but I'm not wrong. You love her. But while he's gone, of course, because Katniss is tied up in a tree, would have fallen out uh, when she heard that it was him. She hears the others talking about, like, what they call him lover boy what's lover boy like he's what is he good for and basically they he's their best chance of finding her yeah and that's their goal is to find her so, so. i bet he and Hamish, like he went to Hamish and was like i want to find a way to make sure she wins or like whatever you know i'm in love with her whatever you want to go from there and that's the plan that they hatched there was that he was going to join the careers to keep her yeah. alive and yeah. gave some bullshit story about how all of this is some kind of 
bullshit story to get her to mm-hmm. let her guard down because or yeah. like because she got the 11 like he's pissed he doesn't want to partner right. with her etc cetera, etc cetera. yes i was like this is the ruse not the i love you stuff that's true the this whole thing is a ruse it's a, basically a big long con on the careers so you so didn't think he i was like there her. is no fucking way there better <laughs> not and if i'm wrong i hope she sends an arrow through your face but I don't think that's going to happen, and I don't think I'm wrong. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Very confident in my... He loves her. And then this... I liked this part because she has not found water. She does not have water with her. And the description of how she's feeling, how just how it's affecting her body, and how she's not doing well, I just... I thought that that was very... It was not glossed over. No. I appreciated that. Like, it's to the point that her, if she's urinating, it's it's dangerous. Like brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, she tries to ask for water, thinking maybe one of her gifts will come. It doesn't. And she's angry. She's like, oh, Pete, I, I pissed him off too much. Hey, bitch, I pissed him off too much. And he's not going to send me anything. He likes Peter more. And then in the back room, I was like, maybe he's sending you a message because if he would not send it to you, if you were close to it. And luckily that's what happens. She finds some water. Oh my God. The idea of having to add iodine and then wait half an hour. Oh, oh my God. And just like, yeah. Yeah, but you grow up yeah. watching these games. I bet you there right. was poisonous water somewhere. Yeah. And then, of course, a rain of fire starts. <laughs> yeah. Like, she gets the water. She's able to drink some. Like, at least the game makers who control this give her some time to to rehydrate. But then, freaking goddamn fire. <laughs> yeah, so these arenas are big enough that they're not all on top of each other. But to keep it from getting boring where it's, you know, 12 kids or 24 kids walking around kind of wandering, just like trying to survive, they do things to cut off and bring people close together. Mm -hmm. So her leg does get burned. Um, She is able to make it away from all the fire. And then, of course... She basically gets found by the careers. So she goes up into a tree. Because um, she's using her, her brain. Basically, she's like, I'm physically lighter than a lot of them. So I can take the branches can hold m- my weight that wouldn't necessarily be able to hold theirs. So she goes up into a tree and taunts them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do try. So a couple of them do try to follow her and the, the branches start to break. So they kind of back off. They decide to camp below the tree. I think it's actually Peta that decides. It's like, yes. we'll just wait her out. And yep. uh, then Rue yep. pops up. Yes. So in the night, she realizes that these eyes watching her are not an animal. It's Rue. And when Rue just po- very silently, of course, points up, it's like, oh, my God, what the fuck is above your head? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, don't look up. <laughs> Of course, you have to. Of course. <laughs> and it's a wasp's nest, and she's pretty sure it's another mutation, the tracker jackers. Yeah. Which are basically killer wand, oh, killer wasps. They're the fucking worst. The, uh, where basically their sting, some people will die right away. 
others will have crazy hallucinations that will drive them to madness because the the venom. But the wasps will hunt down anyone who disturbs their nest and just kill them or, you know, sting, sting the hell out of them yeah. and then kill them. Um, so that's why tracker jackers. So she decides I have that knife. I'm going to cut this branch down. And she's smart about when, because obviously they can hear her. They're right there. So she waits for when the anthem is going to play. And I appreciated that she warned Rue. Yes. It was only fair because obviously Rue warned her. Um, And she's also leaning into the hope that like the smoke and fire like made him drowsy. So she can hopefully do this without injuring herself. Right. And it did. Because for the most part, they weren't coming out. But then when she's able to finish, there's one that, you know, one pops out that looks a little woozy, but clearly they're kind of coming out of it. So luckily she's able to get the nest, get it to drop. She does unfortunately get stung in the process. And one of the careers, Glimmer. Ooh, Glimmer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Glimmer gets it. You know, the others run. She hears them yelling that they're going to run for the lake. Glimmer, unfortunately, does not get very far. And she's she dies. Yeah, it's twitching. It's not good. But of course, that's the one who has the bow and arrows. So she's got to get to those. She's able to. Yeah, because when a kid dies, they 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 capital or the game creators, whatever, um, sends down essentially a drone. It's not a drone, Mm -hmm. but essentially um, to pick up the body and anything on the body is taken as well. So like right. you, the person who's carrying all your supplies dies, you need to get the shit off of it or off that right. person or you're losing everything. Right. So luckily she's able to get the boat. She's also seeing like weird green slime on them, which I was like, ah, oh, is it's this real? Totally <laughs> it's just, not. yeah. Hallucinations. Right. And then she hears the careers coming back. Luckily, the first one she sees, it's PETA, who, of course, is like, what are you doing here? Run. Why are you here? Just go. Just go. 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 She sends her away. It's like, okay, I was right. <laughs> but it could have been a hallucination. It's not a hallucination. Yeah. Oh, it's not a fucking hallucination. Oh, <laughs> but then Cato uh, comes through after PETA, but she she still gets away, but then she is hallucinating and falls into a pit lined with orange bubbles and it's like, that's not real. Yeah. We find out later she basically lost two nights, I believe, mm-hmm. because of this craziness. Luckily, she comes to and at one point, she you know, she hears a noise, she turns, no one's behind her, but she sees a kid's, like, foot going up so she realizes it's Rue and asks her to be her ally and I was like yes you should be allies <sighs> but immediately like her first thing is like you know she's all about allies and like it's super good but like for every thought she has about it it's also what the fuck am I gonna do if it comes down to the two of us right right but Rue's a good ally to have because Katniss tried to figure out she had taken the stink the stingers out of her but she tried to remember what leaves her mom would use for these types of stings and couldn't remember Rue knows Rue has them and she's able to patch her up basically yeah Um, oh we forgot she does get a gift this is oh yeah well she's in the tree yeah she gets a gift of burn or uh, ointment for her burns yeah and it's like 
to really harp on it, she's really starting to realize that, like, when Hamish does or does not send a gift, it has meaning. Like, right. didn't send any water because she, he knew she was super close and all she had to do was think. And, right. you know, realize that, like, she wasn't going to get out of this burn situation. Mm-hmm. So sends her medication. Right. So Rue helps her with the stairs. Um, and then Katniss comes up with the plan that the careers don't have to look for food they've always been fed food at home and then grabbed they're the ones who survived the cornucopia so they have a bunch of supplies and that i believe the years that she saw where the careers didn't win it was because they their resources like that the food and stuff was taken away yeah so rue is supposed to set fires as a distraction to lead them away and she's gonna go fuck up the food we also learned that her sunglasses are night vision goggles. Right. Um, and like, it's worth reading because a lot of Rue's backstory kind of comes from here, like understanding the agriculture and like that the peacekeepers are more vicious in this district and um, that like education is second to the harvest and like that Rue is usually at the top and, and that she doesn't get a lot to eat because like they give she gives her the second leg of the, the mm-hmm. grossling and like that is such a shock and so like for such a positive force of a little girl like she came from so much negativity yeah yeah she talks about how she misses music how she has some friends that are mocking jays and she like taught them a song yeah um and she teaches katniss like a whistle type of thing so that if they can't meet up she'll do that the mocking jays will do it and katniss will know she's safe which is totally like my text tone for a long time <laughs> yeah so katniss makes it over to the camp the careers camp and she sees Foxface come in, or well, no, first Rue lights the distractions, they go off. Foxface comes in and she does like a weird hopping thing to to steal from them, basically, and hops back out, which just confirms that, yes, there's landmines or something. And this is clearly what the boy from District 3 has mm-hmm. offered to the table. So, yeah, they're the, Katniss- the, say the platforms that they come in on. And so when they come into the arena, they have a minute. If you step off your plate before that Mm -hmm. minute's up, you're going to blow up. So basically this kid has re-rigged these. Right. So there's a bag of apples that she's able to shoot at with her arrows and the apples come out. Landmines go off. And these are some serious landmines because Katniss gets blown backwards. And that's when she, it fucks with her hearing. She can't make it away in time because she's too dizzy. So she can't just run away to meet up with Rue. So she hides in Rue's hiding spot that were, that Rue had used to spy on them. And so she gets to see Kato, have it come back, have a temper tantrum, and basically just kill the District 3 yeah. kid. Just snap his neck. And also kind of realize that maybe he's unhinged. Yeah. Like, I mean, he did what she wanted. Yeah. Reactivated these things. Um, which is like an interesting note of like they don't want they want someone that they can show off to win like they want someone they can control in like a way like mm-hmm. you don't want the kid that's super unhinged right. to win so eventually Candace is able to get away and when she goes back to the meeting spot Rue's not there um, I believe she hears her song though 
the Mockingjay is singing it. So she thinks, all right, she's alive. So it's fine. And she's going to go find her. But I like that she also sprinkles some mint leaves around the meeting place. So this way, if Rue makes it back first, she knows that Katniss was there. And then. We can do this. We can do this. Poor Rue. So she's following the directions of the birds and hearing the song. But then she hears Rue screaming. And she is able to find her. She's caught in a net on the ground. And then a spear. She come, She gets killed with a spear. She gets a spear in the stomach. Yeah. Katniss immediately kills the kid that shot, that threw the spear. Yep. Arrow Which, through the neck. Funny enough, in the movie, is played by Meg Ryan and uh, Quaid. Oh, what is his first name? Quaid. Dennis? Yes. It's their oldest kid. Jack oh, really? Quaid. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know who that is. I don't know what he looks like. I'm going to look. Um, have you seen The Boys, the new Amazon show? He's nope. starring in that, which, oh, to be fair, okay. he looks like he's 40 in that show. I don't know what they're doing to that poor kid because he's younger than, I think he's younger than my sister. I think he's like huh. mid-20s, but he looks like he's oh, 40. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so there's no other careers around um, ugh. when Katniss gets to Rue and she asks, did you blow up the food? And then she's like, yes, and you have to win. That's what Rue says. And then she asks her to sing her a song. So she sings her a lullaby as she dies. And it's ugh, terrible. But I held it in on the train. <laughs> I was reading this on the train into how. work on the day of an important picture. Like, I actually got up and did my makeup. So... I've been walking she, around sobbing. I have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she goes and picks flowers and puts them all around, basically decorates Rue's body in the flowers before the hovercraft comes. <sighs> Just wants her to look like she's asleep rather than dead. Yeah. And I was doing okay until Katniss, she goes back up into a tree and she gets another gift and it's a loaf of bread that's still warm. Um, but it's she knows from what PETA had said earlier that this is specific to District 11. It's um, like made of a dark rationed grain shaped in a crescent sprinkled with seeds. And it's uh, that's where I was like, OK, I need a moment. <laughs> I can't let these tears fall. I only have so much like. I have some eyeliner and stuff with me, but I didn't have, like, everything yeah. to redo everything. So, I was like, I cannot. Because, Just like... Paused here. <laughs> by the time... So, Rue's death... I can't remember if they're down to the final eight or if they're past the final eight. I can't remember if where Rue falls into that. But it's yeah. to the point that any kind of gift is expensive. So, the, like, question of how many people had to put in to get mm-hmm. this piece of bread in. Like, just a single piece yeah. of bread. That obviously was meant for Rue, but the fact that they still allowed it to go to Katniss. Like, yeah. I just, I can't. If I talk about it, I'm going to cry. So. Yep. Yep. So I had to pause for a little bit. Then went back to it and was like, okay. <laughs> so at this point, oh no. Yeah. She was number seven. At this point, there's only six of them left. Okay. Um, so I thought it was interesting the next day, Katniss has to basically tell herself, okay, you have to sit up now, Katniss. You have to drink water. It's kind of like 
sort of what her basically what her mom went through when her dad died, except her mom then didn't do yeah. anything. Yeah. I think maybe I mean, not to say that of course Katniss was reeling from her father's death too. But in this moment, maybe this helps her understand a little bit more yeah. about what her mom was thinking. I think if she and how had... easy it was to just how easy it would have been to just stay in that tree. Yeah. Well, until like, the game makers came and fucked it up. But <laughs> yeah, they make it very clear. Like she's like, if she had not made this promise to Rue, she did give a shit. What would happen? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay because the game makers have another twist that they are going to add. Because at this point, we're down to six. You said so. Mm-hmm, we're definitely mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. is both victors from two. Foxface, Thrash, Thrush, and both dis, uh, both victors or both tributes from twelve. Right. So twist of the game if the final two the the final two tributes are from the same district they'll both get to be victor this year yep and before she can stop herself yes katniss calls out pita's name because it is time to play up the romance right but here's where i was like oh really the capital's gonna do this because part three is called the victor which i definitely noticed is a (laughs) singular the singular form of that word is not plural I was nervous. Um, <laughs> of course, Katniss is like, oh, why did, like, immediately, like, hands over her mouth, why did I call out Peta's name? But just like, maybe because you have feelings for him, too. <laughs> maybe. I think Katniss is too damaged for feelings. Yeah. And that is okay. So she decides to find him. And when she finds him, I... Because she hears him first. He th- at first he's like he something like you have to finish me off for you're here to finish me off like are you here to kill me and she's like where are you and he's like don't step on me <laughs> it's so good right and then she looks down and all of a sudden his eyes open and she's like what the fuck <laughs> because he's basically camouflaged himself as like a muddy ba- was it the muddy yeah. So a layer of mud and plants, but done so well that she di- would not have known he was there if he hadn't opened his eyes. So she saw the blue eyes or smiled and she saw his teeth yeah. like because he had everything, you know, his eyes and his mouth closed. She just thought this is just part of the land, the landscape and frosting the final defense. The frosting, it's like, yes. oh, so she says she's here to help him and she does. She cleans him off. Um, she's able to treat his, he still, I think still has some of the sniggers in him. So she takes those out. She's able to treat those with the leaves as Rue taught her, um, put some of the burn cream on him, but she knows he has a gash in his leg, courtesy of Kato. Yeah. Kato. And it's not well. <laughs> no, like, it's like down to the bone deep. Right. And when her mom finally kind of, you know, came out of, out of it. Her mom would help heal people. You know, she would gather certain herbs and stuff like that. And Prim really worked with her on that. So those two are the ones who are very comfortable around those who are hurt, sick, maimed people and animals. Because Prim has that cat that she nursed back to health. And then the goat that we're going to find out about, which, oh, my God. Um, Katniss is the one who leaves. She's like, I don't I don't want to be around this. I don't want to be around these open body parts. But she's. In this moment, this is where she is. <laughs> so 
they go hide in a cave and she does kiss him at one point oh because he's like why did you come back for me why that's just yeah like she's not good with words it's very she's clear not. they compliment each other in that way where where she doesn't have words Peta's very good with words but she's got the strength that occasionally he's gonna really need to lean on it's a good balance i for the right. record am very much team Peta. yeah <laughs> just a heads up but I, also, I am so far, and I'm also worried that Gail's going to be a super giant dick next book about her and Peta, and I'm going to be super annoyed because it's not like you ever said you had feelings for her. Yes, you said that one time at the beginning of this book that you guys could just run away and live in the woods together, but, but it's not in, like, you know she can't leave her family, and you're not going to leave your family, so clearly that was just talk. I will say that I really do like how they do the Philip Triangle. I don't think that they make it okay. out. It's one where if you're Team Peta or Team Gail... I think there are valid reasons on both sides. Okay. Um, I will let you know where I stand. Please do. Clearly right now I'm team PETA, but I have not given Gail a fair exactly. shake. Exactly. Like, He's only been in the book for five seconds. We don't <laughs> actually really know that there is a team Gail, I think, by the end of this book, right. except for that Katniss is kind of like, I guess everybody expected me to marry Gail. Because it's like, I... But she didn't want to get married. She like wasn't going to have kids. Yeah. She says this and he says that he did want to have kids yeah. like if he didn't live there or whatever, but she's like, "But you do." Yeah. She has like <laughs> she's no like, time I'm not having kids. <laughs> for any kind of fantastical like Katniss is not the type of person to read. And this unless it's like a how-to guide or something non-fiction, but like fantasy mm-hmm. and fantastical things, it's not for her. Yeah. So after they kiss, they get another gift. It's some broth. So clearly this is kind of for her just reinforces that every time Hamish sends her something or sends them something, there's a reason or encouragement or doing certain things might get you more gifts. But don't have sex, please. That's just me. But it's okay because Katniss is like very anti-nudity. Yeah. Yeah. Makes him keep his shorts on. And then when he takes them off, finally, she like turns away. Yeah. There's another thing, actually, I think she says that Prim and her mom are totally fine with it as they work with people. And she's like, nope. (laughs) It's so, yeah, it's like a weird purity. Yeah. Then, unfortunately, Peta has developed blood poisoning and he knows it. Like, he knows what it looks like. Um, And he asks, when he asks her to tell him a story, it's about something happy, about the happiest day she can remember. She decides to tell him about how she got Prim her goat. And of course, she kind of has to fudge the details because she's not supposed to be hunting. Um, but her and Gail are able to take down a deer, right? Yeah. A buck, yeah. I think it was. But yeah. Yeah. Still a type of deer. Right. And so they, they get a good price for it. And she sees this deer, or I'm sorry, this goat that... He's got patches. Um, he's lying down on a cart because something mauled its shoulder. Infection has set in. It's not good. Um, and, but she wants it. She wants that goat for Prim. And they go look at him. Or look. Is it a, is it a boy? Goat? Girl? Goat? <laughs> I feel like her. it's a... Yeah. yeah, it's a her. Um, the guy says, mm, I promised uh, the goat to Ruba, the butcher. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Ruba's actually who bought, who gave them the good price for the, for the buck that they took down. And I loved this because 
Rube was like, mm, I don't want this. Look at that shoulder. She's this, this goat's going to die. We had a deal for an animal that had maybe a couple bites, not this. Sell to the girl if she's stupid enough to buy. And then she, as she turns to leave, she winks at Katniss. So I like this little, this camaraderie, this like, it's kind of like about the baker and how when he goes to visit Katniss and just, and he promises to look out for Prim that they don't have to do these things for each other. But they are going to try to support each other as they can. Okay. Yeah. Because Ruba didn't need the goat and she could tell Katniss wanted it, even though Katniss was totally downplaying it. Um, I just, it was very nice and I loved it. I love that moment. I get the feeling that a lot of people would have been closer to death without Katniss. Like, she doesn't realize how much her hunting has actually, like, helped this district mm-hmm. stay alive. There is a moment earlier way earlier before the games when Peta says to Hamish that Katniss doesn't realize the effect she has on people. And in that moment I was like, okay, it's the effect on you because you love her. <laughs> but then also <laughs> the role, like you said, that the role that she's played that yes, she's hunting and it's illegal and it's putting food on her family's table, but it's also helping other people. Stay exactly. Alive. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, Sure, people respected her dad, and she thinks that that's part of what she thinks is why people still deal with her is because of her dad, but it's not just that. Yeah, it's it's interesting that how much she doesn't understand. But it's not like when people make fun of YA, like it's very clearly like Handbook for Mortals where it's like, I don't think I'm beautiful, but I'm a size two and I have big <laughs> breasts and a thigh gap and multicolor hair like it's that kind of vibe but this is like Katniss is not attractive like especially by the end of this game like she's you know comes out basically starving and yeah and all bloody and scarred up and everything like that like it at no point like they make a very clear that Katniss needs her production team to make her look even basically attractive right because and she's just not is it Caesar who at the beginning? Yeah, where he basically hasn't aged. Yes. Oh yeah. Everybody in like the capital aged. has like yeah, Botox and surgeries yeah. and yeah. So again, technology and resources that they have. Exactly. So when they and when another announcement comes that there's gonna be another feast. Yes. And something that each survivor needs, desperately needs, will be there. <laughs> of course Katniss wants to go <laughs> and Peter doesn't want her to go and he says he's going to follow her he's going to follow her making all the noise <laughs> yelling he, her name cause she's, yeah because it's got to be something for him because he's got blood poisoning <laughs> the gift that she gets the sleep syrup <laughs> she mixes it with some berries and gives it to him and he's like yeah they're really sweet Like, and then he realizes and she like hand over his mouth, not going to let him try to make himself throw up. He's going to digest this. He's going to go to sleep. I just, just like resources or yeah. Gift. It was a gift. Yeah. But just the craftiness of it. Yeah. And um, we hit the feast, which is one of the last big battles. We're down to six. Yeah. Fox face goes first, grabs hers. She's out. In the cornucopia, like she goes and hides in the thing. So instead of having to run in when 
Uh, when the bags come, she's there, like hiding in it. And she only grabs her own bag, smart. which is smart. She does, which is smart. Because that way no one's going after her. Right. Um, the bags so. are various sizes depending on like what right. the people need. So Katniss's is basically the size to slide on her arm. Because mm-hmm. um, that's all they need. So it's very clear that like if whoever's going to go next can easily swipe hers. Right. Because it's, yeah. Foxface was smart though. But yes. then... And, of course, Katniss is like, I should just run in and get grab mine. But she didn't. But then when she tries to, Clove, the girl from District 2, comes, get you know, knocks her down. I think hits her in the head. Because, yeah, she starts bleeding from the head, like, right above her eyebrow. She, this bitch, she <laughs> <laughs> decides to taunt her and says that they're going to, she's going to kill her. Like, she, like, we did, your pathetic little ally, Rue. Which made me <sighs> sit there and go... You weren't there. I was like, wait a second. You weren't yeah. there. Well, she's taking credit for it. Yeah. Much Stupid. to her, not her favor, because <laughs> no. all of a sudden she is ripped away from Katniss because Thresh, who is gigantic, is there. And he demands to know, what did you do to her? Like, he, they're from the same district, but he's, he clearly wasn't working with Rue, obviously, because we haven't seen him this entire time and Rue was working with Katniss, but... He wants to know what she did. I heard you tell me. Um, and he kills her. He brings, just smashes her in the head with a rock. Yeah. Then he asks Katniss, what did she mean about Rue being your ally? So she tells him what happened, that they were working together, and that they blew up the supplies. She tried to save her. And I did kill the guy who killed her, who actually physically killed her. Um, and he lets her go. Yeah, I just this once. Really respect the, like, I don't want to owe someone thing. Right. And then he grabs both. Like, she takes her bag, and then he grabs his and Kato's. Or, I guess, yeah, District 2. And he heads back to, like, this, like, wheat field-looking area. It's, like, a big, kind of, I guess, grassy, maybe, would be better. With mm-hmm. tall grass. But anyways, that's where he's been hiding this whole time. That's why we haven't seen right. him. Which, because of the grass... No idea what's there. Could easily step on some snakes, some bugs, some critters, something, him, you know. (laughs) So (laughs) they haven't ventured in there. Uh, When Katniss makes it back, she gives the medicine to PETA and then passes out because she's bleeding from the head. And then... He pretty easily forgives her. He does. I mean, he's a little angry. But at the same time, he's now alive. Or, you know, not... Not that he was dead, but like he's now no longer has the blood poisoning. Yeah, um, I guess like getting slashed in the head. Like I guess that's kind of you know kind of hard to stay mad at someone. Right, I'm not going to kick you while you have a head wound. Basically, yeah. kick you while you're down. So she explains to him what happened. Um, hmm. Oh, and then they have like. I wrote it as like a real kiss because, this, you know, neither one of them is it. It's this seemed to be like the first maybe real one. Yeah, it's the one that kind of causes a stirring in her where she's like, I don't right. Maybe I actually really do have feelings, but it's, she's very quick to be like, I'm not going to explore that. Right. But you're right. I think it is the first and maybe only real kiss for her. Right. And then it's raining. It's raining a lot. Yeah, this is kind of like. <sighs> It's understandable why it's needed, but also this is kind of the point where it's like, okay, you're dragging just a little. <laughs> yeah. 
I can but, um, understand. And I think it's kind of framed like in the, them thinking about why are the game maker makers making it rain so much for the battle between Kato and Thresh because Kato hasn't come this way. Right. And her thinking was, he's probably not going to follow me because Thresh took whatever he desperately needs. Exactly. Yeah. So there's some downtime. Um, and so she asks him about the interview where he said that he had a crush on her forever. And he describes seeing her on the first day of school and how his dad was like, oh, you see that girl? I wanted to marry her mom, but she ran off with a coal miner. <laughs> That's how it always seems to happen. Right. But that he also like the way I read it was the dad, the Baker dad was not super bitter about it um, because Peter says he like asks and the Baker said, yeah, because when he sings, even the birds stop to listen. Yeah. So I was like, oh, and so then in school, the teacher asked who knew the Valley song and Katniss got up and sang it. And that that was it. Peter was just he was a goner. He knew and he'd been trying to work up the nerve to talk to her and never did. And I feel like this is where she's like, oh, his story has a ring of truth. I'm like, it's all true. (laughs) (laughs) The whole thing. It's true. Come on. Like, oh, honey. Yeah. Honey. And then kiss again. This time it's her really initiating it. And then they get a gift of a feast, like rolls, goat cheese, apples, lamb stew. Yeah. (laughs) Everything. And then it's kind of like, a little bit more chatter and essentially the game they're probably showing some of their conversation and kissing and stuff but the games are more focused on Thresh and Kato right because eventually we do see that Thresh has died his face goes up yeah in the sky and that's it now it's Kato these two and Foxface yeah so the rain stops. It's obviously getting warmer. They're kind of running low on food, so they decide to get out and hunt. And Peta's terrible. He like terrible at hunting. He just what? He's got a damaged leg. Yes. So he's stumping along, yeah. making all this noise. Can't really help it. Um, he's scaring away. Scaring away all the rats. Yeah. Yes. Just, it's like. It says a lot about her personality that, like, she keeps getting frustrated about this. But it, it's true. And so Peta is smart and is like, you know what? Just show me what kind of berries to collect. You go over there and hunt and I'll just collect some berries over here. And, like, clearly she doesn't want him to stray too far for an understandable reason when a cannon goes off. And yeah. I just remember the first time my heart stopped. And right, because she taught him a bird whistle and they were doing it. Yes. And then they kind of stopped doing it. Oh, wait, the cannon, I think, goes off a little bit after. Yeah, sorry. I think it's in the movie that yeah. the cannon goes off, and I think I just got him confused. Because, yeah, she comes back and yeah. yells at him because he ate some of the cheese. Right, he, and he was gone. He was not physically there yes. and also not answering the whistle. And he's like, what? I was gathering some berries. And she's like, listen, if people agree on a signal, they need to stay in range yeah. and then answer that signal. And then she says something about him eating the cheese, and he said, no, I didn't. It's very and clear, then, like... Even the alliance that he had wasn't, like, actually built on an alliance kind of thing. Like, he's not used to relying on someone else. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sure he also was just thinking, I'm helping. Yeah, exactly. I, it's, I saw these yeah. berries. I'm going to go get these berries. I'm helping. It's just very different styles. Yeah. These, though, were not the right berries. No. Because when he shows them to her, she remembers her dad telling her, not these. They're Nightlock. You'll be dead 
like almost immediately and then the cannon goes off yes. and she ex- she looks up and expects Peta to have just basically just dropped down dead but it's Foxface um and Peta's first thought is oh my god Kato killed her he's gonna be coming for us like we gotta we gotta go we gotta we gotta get up in the trees and she's like no this this is your kill and he's like what <laughs> Foxface our little scavenger had clearly stolen these berries that he had gathered from the supply, ate them, and died. Yeah. Basically. Which I felt kind of bad for PETA because he didn't mean to kill her. No, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, and he's I, got maybe got, like, this might be his second kill. If he killed yeah. the person with the fire, but I don't think he did. So I was thinking that, yeah, if he didn't, or if he did, it was yeah. a mercy killing because or the yeah the fire starter girl yeah my thinking was the other the everyone else in the group basically did the hits he didn't really but that when he went back to finish her off that it was more of a mercy thing because she was probably in pain and there was nothing to be done and and katniss makes it very clear that like in all honesty if they had been trying to trick foxface probably would have won if this had just mm-hmm. been like a regular Hunger Games, if there hadn't been the whole if there's two left kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and she just stayed away from everyone. She did. She was super like she is the definition of a rogue. And the, mm-hmm. the literally the only reason she puts lets her guard down is because it's not like they plan for these berry things like Peter would have eaten these right. berries. Right. And the careers would have well, that would have been fine. But uh, <laughs> the careers yeah. would have eaten them, too. Um, I kind of like find it funny because he's like we would have died and then he's like but you know you realize like it's like yeah he expects her to be you knew as dumb but it also kind of was like it annoys him that she understands this better I don't know it's a weird vibe I think too that he's just like so I'm sort of a hindrance basically on this this partnership I'm not what am I bringing to the table but poison berries type of thing which she holds on to, which is important. Um, and then the game makers drain all of the water sources near them. So they have to go back to the lake. And so they're like, all right, let's do this. It's just us and Kato. If we kill him, the two of us win. Great. When Kato comes running out of the <laughs> woods at them and has the body armor on, I was like, first, God damn it. But I was like, is this, is he really just, just running at, like, this is your plan of attack? Are you that enraged that they took out Clover? How attached to Clover were you? But no, no, no. He's running from, from the mutts. Is this? No. This made me kind of like I was on the train and I'm sure the person across from me was like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) Because this is where I was just kind of like, like made a face of just like, what the fuck? (laughs) Because the mutts are chasing them they all climb the cornucopia and Katniss is like there's something about these dog-like creatures with these crazy ass claws that just seems off just seem and also familiar and it's their eyes and she realizes from their eyes that these are not just some crazy dog wolf crazy whatever hybrid it's all the tributes that died have been turned into these things and I was like no no I don't want to see Rue. No. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how much they're going to to entertain, mm-hmm. air quotes, that is causing just trauma. Right. So 
Kato is like up on the cornucopia dying. Can't breathe. Cramps. He's just he's just laying there like okay, so he's out of the picture for a while. Of course, <laughs> the mutts, their claws, I wanna say Oh, it's like four inch knives. Peta gets Yeah. Oh yeah, Peta gets scraped. He gets gashed yeah. or slashed, right? Yeah. So then of course when Kato is doing okay, he puts Peta in a headlock so that basically if Katniss shoots him, they'll both fall down to the mutts, which was smart on his part. Yeah. Not smart enough, though. <laughs> when Peta does the little X with his fingers over Kato's hand, it's just like, see, Peta, you do bring things to the table. Yeah. Peta is <laughs> Not smart. Not just poison berries. He's a very smart kid. Yeah. So she shoots because, of course, she's a great shot. She shoots Kato in the hand. Let's go of Peta. He falls back. She's able to grab Peta. They stay on the cornucopia. And, of course, the cannons don't go off because he has that full body armor on. I think he might have a knife. Yeah, because he, he bas- slashes a little bit. But, yeah, they're like. Yeah. He defends himself for a little while. But then. It's like they're... ankle to neck armor. It's. Yeah. And also, not a little while. It's a long... It's yeah, hours. It's like it's not, all it's night hours. before they finally are able to get a shot to like yeah. put him out of his misery. But she had used her last bow as a tourniquet for oh, his yeah. leg. And so she, he's like, make it count. Let's just do it. And that she thinks that she can hear Kato trying to say please. So she shoots him in the face. And finally, the cannon goes off. And then, this is where I was like, this book better fucking not they better not take back that revision <laughs> this is not no so you were ready you were expecting that there was I a was shot expecting it yes because there was just too much of a delay between Cato dying and where's the announcement yep. these are our winners and so finally they get an announcement that oh the earlier revision has been revoked so only one winner is allowed and this is where I put the book away. Now, <laughs> yes, I may have only had like five minutes left. My five to seven minutes before I got to my stop. I normally read right up until then. I was like, I am done. I am angry. So, I am done because I fully expected Peta to kill himself. Okay. I was about to her. say, so what were you expecting? You didn't expect Peta to make it out of this book. No. He's bleeding from his leg. He's lost so much blood because also the tourniquet's gone now because of that damn arrow because of stupid Cato. <laughs> He and I and he knows he's not gonna do well. He he's gonna kill himself. So I just I stopped right after the, literally that paragraph about the the revision being revoked and was like and bookmark in place and close <laughs> and we're done and we're putting you in my backpack. Yep. <laughs> and I'm going home. I'm just gonna sit here on the train quietly, <laughs> stewing in anger. <laughs> but that's not what happened. It's not. I did. I did go back to the book later that same night. I'm glad. <laughs> I did not get any angry text, so it was like, no. okay. It's just like I need some time to myself. <laughs> um, he does say, "Kill me." I'm. You're. You know. You should go home. It. You know. Just kill me. She's like, I can't go home and live with that. Are you kidding? It is an interesting because like he reaches to grab his knife to throw it away. She thinks he's reaching for it to kill her, and immediately like is ready to kill him and he's just kind of like yeah. um no this is what i was doing yeah. <laughs> throwing it in, into the water yeah. so 
he asks her to take take the vic the victory basically for him, and she has this great idea about the berries. And she gives him a handful. He has a hand, or she has one too. They kiss, and they're gonna take the berries. And it's it's a moment, so they count down. And then, of course, frantic uh, Claudius Templesmith voice <laughs> comes out of nowhere. Stop! 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 We have our winners, Katniss and Peeta. <laughs> they're the winners of just District Twelve tributes. So they're declared the winners. The they neither of them took the berries. Hovercraft comes. She holds on to Peta as long as she can. Then of course the doctors have to get to work on him. Yeah. And then she's basically strapped to a tape or a bed for days. Yes. So between the fact that they're basically starving to death, right. um, she's at least burned somewhere. Although I think maybe she's mostly healed on that. She's you know got a cut on her face. Who knows what these months last months did to her? It's right. Basically, just trying to get her back to some sort of healthy but also we realize that like oh wait maybe that's what too well it's not a spoiler but it's Mm. like um typically at this point like some stylists will um allow for enhancements so like a boob job or you know yeah whatever because here like we see her scars are less even scars that she had before the games um at one point that Avox from before comes in and she does ask if Peta made it. She gets a nod. Okay, we're good there. Um, but when she finally, after days of this, gets out of bed, her skin is smooth. All she's glowing. Her she has no burns, mm-hmm. no no scars, nothing. So they've like smoothed her out. Um, she wants to see Peta, and of course they tell her she can't. That they want the reunion live on TV. Um, when she sees her styling team again and they're talking about how like, oh my goodness, I was still in bed when this event Uh, happened or this murder and I had just had my eyebrows dyed or I nearly fainted. She just kind of, (sighs) it's because she likes them so much that she swallows all of her responses because watching the games every year before this, they, she knows everyone in her district, they kind of just grit their teeth bear it do it because they have to and then just get on about their business as quickly as they can and not rehash it and that's when we do find out about the enhancements is because when she sees Cinna he has the dress for her she puts it on it's got a lot of padding over the breasts and she's like what the fuck and he's like I know they wanted to alter you surgically so Hamish had a huge fight with them about it this was the compromise Yeah, she was like priorities because also like when she sees herself yes she's been like naked she's been smoothed out she has no burns no scars but she can still see her ribs she's they've obviously been nourishing her but she's still but so sickly yes so this is to just give the the presentation of here's our victor and look what great shape she's just bounced right back it's fine she's fine everything's great like look at these guys it's not real but it's real but it's not real Yeah. yeah So here's where I was like, all right, something is wrong with PETA. I don't know that he would end up paralyzed because of all this technology, but I was just like, something's wrong. He's made it, but it was the way when she talks about her dress and Cinna says that he, he carefully says that he thought PETA would like it better. I was like, what's wrong with PETA? Something <laughs> has happened to him. Um, 
but it's not. It's 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 not for President Snow that yeah. they're kind of making her look like as much of a child as they can. Yeah, because finally Hamish gives her a hug, but it's really so her hair will hide his lips, and he basically very quietly says, "You're in trouble. The Capitol's furious about you showing them up. They can't stand being laughed at, and now they're the joke of the country because of all because of." what you did so the best way to play this is to just you were so in love that you just you can't be responsible for for your actions so and then so you have to so you're so in love that's what you how you have to play it she's like okay did you tell Peta? he says i don't have to he's already there and she still doesn't get she, it no she takes it as like he knows that they have to play it this way no He's in love with you very much. <laughs> so frustrating. Uh, so basically, they when they see each other, they, that's the first time they see each other is when they have to kind of sit and watch the highlights of the games, which is yeah, highlights the murders or the deaths. Both are valid. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they don't get a chance to talk. They're kept it like they don't get to talk after they're separated again. They're not even interviewed together. There's there at that point. There's no chance for them to talk. So I'm like, all right, well, he seemed whole. He's not paralyzed, but something is still wrong. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then they have their interview. Oh, and then she tries to go to the roof, and he's not there. And then she gets this, the feeling that she's really being watched. Uh, what else? Yes, and I think her room gets locked from the outside. Yeah, they're, like, really trying to rein her in. Yeah. So then they have their interview with Caesar. Um, let's see. And then, so, they're talking, blah, blah, blah. Caesar asked Peta how he's doing with his new leg, and I was like, oh, he lost his leg. Yeah. And she didn't know. She didn't know until that moment. Which I think is kind of, it's, you know, she comes out physically undamaged, basically. And it's kind of nice that they didn't try that completely. Like, it's not kind of one of those, like, and everybody resets back to zero, but it's... it's right. Yeah. You know, Peter I'm sure can't. they smoothed out everything they could for him. Oh, yeah. Burns gone. Stinger scars gone but that obviously they there that means that there was really nothing they could do right um but they do well in their interview and very quickly they're on a train to go back home Hamish tells them good job keep it up and then he's like what are you talking about and that's when she can finally tell him that the capital is upset about their stunt with the berries so <laughs> she says to him that Hamage knew he was smart enough to get it right. And then he, Pete is very astute. He's like, oh, he immediately understands yeah. everything at that moment. Poor Pete. And I was thinking very, very hurt for him. This poor kid thinking that like he's got to spend basically the last two weeks with the love of his life and that she feels the same way. And then mm -hmm. everything's great, and they both came out, and life is going to be good. To find out, she did it for the game. Right. But then I think she 
does have some feeling. It's very, she says it's very confusing because, like, she thinks about Gail. And that's not even, it's, I wonder, like, if she hadn't been called on Reaping Day, at what point, if ever, would she have thought of Gail like that? I don't know if she ever would have because she's so clearly said and like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have kids because I don't want to put them through this that I just don't think it's ever something that's crossed her mind. Right. Like maybe she's realized that he's attractive, but like he's her best friend and that's it kind of thing. Right. Such a mess. Yeah. So when they get home, he asks basically one more time for the cameras and they hold hands. But he doesn't sound angry. He just sounds... Nope, he his just voice is hollow. So good. He's just such a good So guy. like... Devastated, basically. Yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess... I, you come out understanding where she's conflicted and like... Again, everything she does is to make sure that her sister is okay. And right. like she... This whole... How she feels about one maybe two boys is second to making sure her family's okay and yet from his point of view it's i just survived thinking that i'm basically going to get my happy ending Mm -hmm. that i've always wanted and oh wait maybe i'm not right and plus two for her i think i mean i don't know they weren't friends before either so it's not like Right. And for her, now she's very worried about her actions with the berries. Exactly. Because she meets President Snow. We kind of skipped over that one. She meets President Snow and he puts on a good front for the cameras, but she can clearly see he is pissed off at her. Yes. Not necessarily PETA that he sees her as, because it was her idea. Yeah. Um, So now she's worried how that's going to affect her family. And she just feels very confused and it's to be... And also about Gail. Because yeah. Because I think... From, I kind of think that this... What happened with PETA sort of opened the door about Gail in a way. I think it does too. Like, she maybe yeah. never expected to marry him, but also, like, expected that to be the only guy. But I In mean, her life that she would trust. Yeah. But it also, yeah. like, Katniss did the stunt with the berries in hopes that they would let them both win. It's not to shame or bring down the capital anyway. It's literally an act of survival, but Mm -hmm. it's not for an act of love, but it's also not the rebellion that they think it is. It's a weird, uh, there's a lot of things going on here. Yeah. But I, the, there's the last, one of the last lines is that already the boy with the bread is slipping away. And it's like, oh, I know. he doesn't have to I know. somehow magically get unconfused real quick. I don't know. Oh, it's such a mess. Yeah. So that's the end of book one. <laughs> I don't know anything about the next two books so I don't know if it's another games or if it's going to be her leading some rebellion against the Capitol and President Snow which I really hope so because we got to stop these Hunger Games yes <laughs> we do have yeah it's two more books in the series um I'm assuming well you read a lot of into these that like I didn't the, what 10 years ago that I read these but um, so I am curious 
if the twists and turns are going to throw you or not. I don't know. Because, yeah. I mean, this book I... doesn't end with any any kind of note of, like, what's to come next. Other than no. there's fear of, is the capital going to kill her? Right. And also, Mike, I know you kind of... You kind of leading me to think that maybe no but i'm still like is gail gonna be a real dick about this <laughs> like, yeah i i like <sighs> gail's a dick and about other things but oh but great. i think it's also <laughs> i think they balance his personality well i cannot bring myself to strongly hate gail in any way like mm-hmm. I'm still team PETA because I think PETA is yeah. just like this perfect bird that needs to be protected. <laughs> but like. I hope his mom comes to like respect her son more. <laughs> that woman. That's the true villain of this entire series. God, she's terrible. Uh, yeah. Hope that's an outcome. Because look, your son survived too. Yes, he had some help from the the real survivor that you <laughs> talked about to his face beforehand, but still. I do feel bad because it feels like every time they talk about it in the next book, it's like, Peter, survi- Peter survived too, guys. Like, don't forget. Like, yeah. It wasn't just Katniss. I mean, she's like the breakout star, essentially, of the Hunger Games. Yeah. I think. Even though... He could play it for the cameras better type of thing, even though he, I mean, he was just more sociable, like more uh, at ease during his interview before, even before the whole talk about his crush. But he's the person that you put, like, he's the person you put to be the leader or the president or whatever. And Katniss is like, I mean, honestly, she'd be head of security or some shit like that. But like, she's part of the think tank behind him. Mm-hmm. But he is that winning force, and I'm really like I just I wish you had a book too because I just want to be like come on just tell me what's going on what happened because yeah. I would have like I'm in the almost done with three, and because there's, there's something <laughs> about this I can't just start it and be like all right I finished book one I'm done and like I was like nope we're gonna have to continue I understand what tears were coming and all that other thing and I still was like yeah no we're doing it <laughs> yeah oh I feel like kind of like harry potter when i reread it i generally have to start from the beginning i have to start from the beginning i don't think i've ever started from any other book and then have to see it all the way through exactly. even if i only just wanted to read three exactly so i get that yeah. so do you have a book i was just drink? about to ask you that too i i just i'm coming up with water yeah like pure clean <sighs> purified water yeah just <laughs> Drink your water. Stay hydrated, people. Learn what color your urine's supposed to be. Yes. Oh. So before we get into what we're reading next for the podcast, do you know no. what you're reading next that's not for the podcast? No. I really... You know, that's fine. I'll just grab this. I have Final Goals by Mira Grant. It's a novella. I don't even... Final... Final Girls. Goals? Girls. Oh, girls. Yes. And I honestly don't even remember what this is about. Final girls. I assumed it was something to do with like murders. Because it's usually like mm-hmm. you call the final girl of right. a slasher and they're called final girls. So I assume it's something to do with that. But uh, I love, I like slowly reading. So Mira Grant is the pseudonym for 
uh, Shauna McGuire, who is one of my favorite authors. Um, she writes under both names. It's different kinds of um, genres, basically, because I think Mira Grant almost is entirely horror that she writes. Um, so, and it's also a lot of novellas. So I don't, either this was just one that I saw that I hadn't read yet, or I don't even know if it was on some list, but anyways, basically she's on my list of like, if she wrote it, I'll read it. So cool. What about you? What are you going to be reading next? Oh, hundred percent catching fire. And then mocking Jay. I both have been requested from the library. So I'm definitely going to continue my Toni Morrison read, but right now I have to finish this trilogy. (laughs) I do need to do the Toni Morrison. I need to pull out. Um, I have the bluest eyes. I know for sure where that one is. So I'm probably just going to start reading that again. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I do want to do a reread of that. And then for the podcast, our next one is an award-winning book, an awarded book. Yeah. And we picked An American Marriage by Tayari Jones. I don't remember what awards it won. I was just pulling that up because I couldn't remember either. Wiki is telling me it won the 2019 Women's Prize for Fiction, but I feel like it won some other awards, too. Yeah, it was also on Obama's uh, top books of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, stand by. I th- there was a reason we picked it. Yeah. I don't remember which. Yeah, I think that's 2019 at Women's Prize for Fiction. I mean, that's nothing in and of itself, but... yeah. But I thought there was With fans, including Oprah and Barack Obama. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's what we'll be reading next for the podcast. So that will be. I know nothing that about might it. Be a bit heavier. Yeah, I was gonna say I know nothing about it except for that if Obama recommended it, it's not gonna be that light. Mm-hmm. And that it also mm-hmm. like it seems mm-hmm. like everybody's read it. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. This, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Mm-hmm. All right. So, where can people find you besides here at the podcast? I have a blog. It is meggriffin.com. Uh, you can find my other podcasts there. You can find book reviews. And in the next few weeks, you will find information on a short story I'm actually having pu- have published. It'll come out in an anthology. So, I'm very excited about that. I'm so excited to get my copy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, if you like uh, your vampire stories that are a little weird, uh, it'll be worth checking out. The anthology is basically a collection of vampire and dragon stories. So, um, so excited. I really am too. Um, I, this will be the first story I'm having to market, basically. So, we'll see how it goes. Yes. Uh, what about you? It's gonna be great. And we're gonna be talking that up. Yes. Basically, until it comes out. Yes. <laughs> and then even after. <laughs> yes, it comes out in October. Um, I'm hoping to have more information. Like, hopefully there's a pre-buy or something soon. Um, as I get basically daily text messages from not the same person, just like someone going, hey, any information? And I just don't have it yet. So. Yeah. Um, but what about you? Um, me, you can find me here at JBC Podcast. Uh, we, you can find us. Let's see. On all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at JVC Podcast. And then there's also the Facebook page, A Handbook for Judging Fabulous Retellings Covers. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Join us in a couple weeks for An American Marriage. Probably a little bit heavier than The Hunger Games. Although, 
Hunger Games was pretty devastating. Yeah, it's not. I'm very worried about the next two yeah. books. Yeah. Do you think there's a happy ending? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess the question would be a happy ending for who? Because if we're talking just love, we have this love triangle. Someone's going to be disappointed or just dead. It's true. To narrow down the triangle. <laughs> That's very true. Which is not necessarily a happy ending. <laughs> um, in terms of the politics, I mean... You want to see the overthrow capital your... overthrow. You want to see the yes. capital overthrow. But to do that, you have to have a revolution and people always die in revolutions. <laughs> That's very true. So, happy ending for who is the question? <laughs> yeah, I've got more comments, but let's wrap this up and then I'm going to throw them at you. Yes. So, join us in two weeks for an American marriage, and in the meantime, keep supporting your local libraries.